I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. After thing, you're going to put away the Lions, and it all just unraveled in the final minutes. The Lions are victorious, 34-30 to go to 5-7. and Darren Bubble being congratulated by his players while the Bears hang their heads to the locker room after a seventh loss and sixth in a row, remarkably, in this fourth quarter, late in the fourth quarter, let it slip away in Detroit. Victorious. 34-30, the final score. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krutz. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today. It is indeed the pregame show. We've got Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley. It is presented by Bet Rivers, the official sports book of the Chicago Bears. And you can download the Bet Rivers app today. And you just heard there the horrible low point, maybe, of last season when they did lose six in a row. And, and it was capped by a loss to the Detroit Lions. We are delighted to welcome in Dan Pompey. He joins us on the score hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sportsbook. Good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm great, guys. How are you today? Well, we're, we're wondering who's uh, calling the plays. I guess we know who the quarterback is. It's been a slow kind of uh, bit of information getting out. What are you expecting from the Bears this morning? Huh, that's, a great, that's, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I do believe that they're going to try to change things up. I mean, they saw all the same things that we and everyone else saw on Sunday that didn't work, and it would just be uh, crazy to go out and try to do things the same way. So um, you know change is coming. The Lions know change is coming. And, um, you know, it, it's going to be a matter of having to execute better to give them a chance. You know, obviously um, – it would be nice to get the running game going, but if you are Aaron Glenn, if you are Dan Campbell, that's going to be where all your efforts are going to be focused on is taking away the run game because you saw what the pass game, the Bears pass game is all about last week, and that's not beating anybody. Um, now, obviously the Bears think they could do better this week in the pass game, but they can't do better if, if they're one-dimensional and they, they can't do more than just do the things they tried to do last week. Dan, I want to go big picture with you. With, with that his horrific loss last week, you know, you've been covering this team forever and, and the NFL forever. You know, what's your big picture of the Bears right now after a loss like that? And I'm talking about the McCaskies, Ted Phillips, ownership, and just thoughts of this team after 
their decision to bring Ryan Pace back and Matt Nagy? Well, Pat, you know, I, I think um, they have to uh, probably try to avoid the temptation of rushing to judgment after a few games. You know, that's that's typically how this organization has managed. It's, it's really how most good organizations manage. Um, and, and I think, um, you know, they, they have to kind of look at, at like you, you called it, the big picture. And, and, you know, are they trending in the right direction? Uh, was what happened last week uh, kind of just a misstep or was it uh, part of a bigger trend? Uh, is this team going to be able to right itself? I mean, this is, this is a great test for the Bears, not only today, but, you know, in the coming month or so. Um, after that tremendous fall against the Cleveland Browns last week, how do you respond? How do you, how do you get yourself out of the hole that you've dug for yourself? How do you change things? You know, can you, in fact, uh, make the necessary strides as a team, as an offense? Uh, can you can you resurrect Justin Fields from you know the the, the rough start that he had and uh, have him uh, turn in a productive rookie season? So you know, it's if you're the Bears, I think you look at this as an opportunity uh, to turn things around and, and also an opportunity to evaluate every aspect of of the organization and team. Hey, Dan, um, we were talking about earlier, if you are in the Bears building and you are in charge, can you al- can you afford to allow Na- Coach Nagy to put Fields on the bench, or do you have to see him develop this young quarterback to make a decision on him at the end of the year? Well, I think, yeah, you want to see him play, but I also think you don't want to see him play if he's not capable of playing or if – you are incapable of supporting him in the right ways that give him a chance. So, you know, th- those are things I think that are still being evaluated. Um, certainly from what we saw last week, it looked like both Fields was not ready and uh, everything around him was just, you know, not really giving him a chance. So, um, you know, I-, I don't think it would be the end of the world to see Andy Dalton come back and start uh, you know, for a period of time when he's healthy and, and uh, let Fields continue to uh, kind of absorb everything around him and grow and get used to uh, uh, the offense, the, the pace of the game, his teammates, and then, you know, get him in there at some point uh, before the end of the season. That's interesting, Dan. Yeah. I think that we, we keep asking how you could call these plays for this guy. I guess the question is, is he ready? Is he capable of doing what they're asking from him right now? Is it is it whether or not he's ready to play in Matt Nagy's system or ready to play? And and I know we heard from uh, Boomer Esiason this week who said to the afternoon show that uh, he, he blamed it all on, on heightened expectations and instead he wasn't ready to play. Greg Cosell, Kurt Warner were on Line releasing various things. Next Gen Stat says that uh, he held the ball 4.5 seconds on uh, uh, on seven of the eight uh, or the nine sacks. Excuse me. What what do you do if he's not ready to play? I mean, how do you how do you explain that? Well, look, there's no question he wasn't ready to play, and and uh, you know he also wasn't ready to play as you said in in Matt Nagy's system, and he also wasn't ready to play against a really good Cleveland Browns defense. So. You know, it was kind of a perfect storm or, or maybe an imperfect storm for Fields last week. Um, 
but you know I don't think it is unusual for a rookie not to be ready to play in the third week of the season. You know certainly we're seeing rookies struggle all over the league at the quarterback position. Uh, so uh, you know I, I think um, you know it's a little, the NFL is a little bit different than it used to be in terms of getting uh, a young player ready. And I know there are exceptions like Justin Herbert last year, but um, you know, in the past, they had a lot more time to work with coaches in the offseason and to get out on the field and do things. And that's all been limited now by, by the new rules, you know, and, and that makes a difference. I know I was talking with uh, Steve Young about that the other day, and, and he was talking about how, um, you know, it, it really has been pared back in terms of the time. And, and that's why it's not necessarily surprising to see a lot of these rookies struggle. Um, so I think that's something that probably has been lost in all this, but something that should be uh, should be taken into account. Look at Dan name dropping there with Steve Young. <laughs> I'm, just... <laughs> I'm going to switch well, it over I, the line. I told him I was talking to Patrick Manley the other day. Yeah, he goes, who? <laughs> <laughs> um, let's switch it over the lines. I'd just like to get your thought on what Dan Campbell's doing there. You know, they got rid of Matt Stafford, had Jared Goff, and it looks like they're going young and trying to rebuild this thing. What's your thoughts on the Lions right now? Yeah, you know, not a really talented group, I think, clearly in a state of transition. Um, but I think, you know, they, they've played hard, you know, they've, they've, uh, I think they're taking to Dan Campbell and, and what he's trying to do in terms of the big picture program. Um, you know, their defense is interesting. Not a lot of big names, uh, not a lot of stars. Um, you know, Aaron Glenn, um, uh, who, you know, is a guy who does a pretty good job and he's an interesting guy too. The bears should know what they're getting from them. Glenn has his roots with Mike Patton. Uh, Glenn was a scout with the Jets when Patton was the defensive coordinator there, and then Patton gave him his first coaching job uh, when Patton was the head coach of the Browns. So, so there's some connections there. Uh, but, you know, uh, Glenn is a guy who's got a lot of different influences. He played for Bill Belichick. They remain close. Um, I think you'll see some, of simila- some similarities to what the Patriots like to do and what the Lions like to do. You know, he also uh, has played for Todd Bowles, for Vic Fangio, uh, for Mike Zimmer. Uh, so I think they could expect a, a diverse defense uh, with, with a lot of different influences. You know, Dan, a question I was asked on the Parkinson Spiegel show this week is something I wanted to ask you, too, is, you know, I, I think everybody's excited for this front, Bears front seven, if Eddie Goldman comes back strong and healthy. How good do you think this front can be if Eddie Goldman is playing at full speed? Yeah, I think that's a big deal. I do. I mean, you know, it's not like they've had uh, poor performances in place of him, though. I mean, you know, the, the level of play up front has been good, even without Goldman. Uh, but he can make a difference. You know, Danny Trevathan can make a difference, too. Uh, you know, as, as Mully and I discussed the other day with David Haw, too, I mean, you know, the defense, uh, to me, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but it wasn't good enough last week. Mm-mm. You know, gave up too many points, gave up too many third down conversions, and probably most importantly of all, didn't take the ball away. And, you know, they, they had no chance of beating that Browns team uh, with that kind of performance. Everyone said, oh, they're on the field for too long. Well, you know, they couldn't control that part, but they can control some of the other things. And uh, they need to do that today and, and maybe – uh, maybe, maybe the return of Goldman 
gives them a little bit of a boost that uh, you know they were lacking last week in that way. Yeah, you know, you, you think about last week, it would have been nice had they, um, had they stopped them after you cut it to seven, right? So, it, I mean, it's great that you kept them in the game all game long, but wouldn't you have liked to see the Bears get the ball back? I mean, I guess Justin Fields would have gotten killed, but get the ball back down seven with a chance to win the game. Yeah, I, well, I mean, you know, you, you needed, obviously, um, you know, you needed as many possessions as you could get. And uh, you know there there were a few times there where the Bears were close to busting a big play and they were just kind of this far away. So you know you keep getting opportunities and you know maybe you bust one. Um, you know maybe it's a completely different game. We all know how it's a game of inches and and sometimes um, you know especially with inexperience uh, you can get beat by the, by that by those inches when when uh, things go slightly awry. So um, yeah, I mean I I think you know. The, the takeaways to me are, are a big, big deal today. Bears have to come up with a football, and, you know, that will give their, their offense more opportunities, which are critical uh, at this point in their development with what they're working with and, and, you know, the uncertainty, the inexperience, all of it. Dan, we've got to change the subject a little bit. We've got Jimbo Covert coming up uh, for the Where Are They Now segment at 11, and I know you presented him to the NFL Hall of Fame could you maybe talk about that process, what goes into it, and how was that uh, presenting him to the to the panel there? Well, it was different with Jimbo than it is with most people. You know, he was an interesting case because, um, you know, he, he's the best offensive tackle that, uh, you know, the Bears have ever had in the modern era, without a doubt. Uh, one of the best offensive tackles I have ever seen for any team. I, I, I rank him you know, with, with just about anybody, in, in my opinion. Uh, but he never got a sniff for the Hall of Fame. I think it's, it's mostly because he had only two Pro Bowl appearances. Um, and, you know, he, it was easy to overlook him because of that. Uh, but there were some contributing factors to why he only had those Pro Bowl appearances. So anyway, he made it through the entire uh, uh, pro- modern era process without ever becoming a semifinalist, without ever being discussed. And uh, so then he got to the senior process, and his, his uh, case kind of got new life a little bit. And people started to say, well, maybe this guy's not so bad. Well, then a couple years ago, we had the centennial class where they said, okay, we're going to take 20 guys who uh, you know, have never been in the Hall of Fame, maybe should have been in the Hall of Fame, but for whatever reason, you know, got ignored by history, and we're going to put them in the Hall of Fame. And for that class, we had a special group of selectors, a special, they called it a Blue Ribbon Committee, that included people uh, like myself who were selectors, and also people who were not selectors, people, normal selectors, people like uh, Bill Belichick was on the committee, and Ozzie Newsom was on the committee, and Gil Brandt, and Dick LeBeau, and uh, you know there were there were historians on the committee that, that Joel Busser uh, from the NFL was on the committee, and it was very interesting because we got a lot of different informed perspectives and you know people who were able to evaluate game tape uh, in a way that, that that I am not able to, for instance. Uh, so it was a, it was a wonderful process, and I think we came up with a really good class of uh, centennial. Uh, 
selections, and it was a very thorough, the most thorough process I've ever been involved with for a Hall of Fame case. And um, that's why I'm really happy that, that Jim Covert was uncovered by that process because he was so deserving. So if you have guys that can evaluate game tape, putting guys in the Hall of Fame, that's a crazy idea, man. <laughs> right. Congrats to Jim <laughs> Bodo, it, man. I mean, <laughs> you, you mean they uncovered good football players? I am shocked. Hey, Dan, uh, the last question for you is, where do the Bears find their explosive plays from on offense? Uh, they have to put the ball in the end zone at some point. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, it, it's uh, you know, Mooney's the guy that they obviously hope for uh, that, that he makes the offensive uh, go with, with the big plays. Um, but I think, you know, certainly they haven't utilized Jimmy Graham much. He can do some of that. Um, you know, I, I think uh, really what helps is if you if you can somehow establish a run game and create space, and also you, you know, know uh, Dan, I just I, I hate to jump in here, but against the Rams they did that and still couldn't put the ball in the end zone, yeah. right? So like if you really look at this offense and their stats, when they run the ball well, they still don't score points. What do you tell me? There's no hope. Is that what you're <laughs> 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 There's the for, answer. Hey, like for Jimbo, before guys who watch film got in the room. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to fill the airwaves with something. You know, I'm trying to give you something. Oh man. Hey, wait a minute. The Pope just texted me again. Hold on a second, guys. He's got to answer him back. Not, not to name drop. <laughs> uh, Dan, you know, it's a it's a really interesting thing though that that Olin brings up, which is. Obviously, scoring points is something that has eluded them. Now, we heard this week from Jimmy Graham in terms of after the game, he he tweeted out that that uh, stat of the 1.1 yards per play. I mean, I don't know how anyone else reads that, but that's pretty obvious that, that he's not happy. When, when you see them bring in Allen Robinson, oh, my goodness gracious. I mean, that guy, you know, you want him to lay down on a couch and just get some counseling while he's uh, – while he's talking to the media, he does not look like he's very happy. Has all this kind of combined to prevent any kind of um, explosiveness with these players? Do you blame those players? And there haven't been great. It's not like anybody has has taken the the season by storm. But I would imagine that there's a lot of veteran players that are pretty upset about the usage. Well, I mean, you know, Pat and Olin know better than anybody when, when things go wrong, you know, as, as wrong as they've gone, uh, everybody's pissed off and everyone thinks it's somebody else's fault. That's how it works yeah. in, you know, in a team. Uh, so, yeah, I don't expect Jimmy Graham to be happy. I don't expect Allen Robinson to be happy. I don't expect uh, uh, anybody, you know, uh, because, because it's been an abject failure. So... Um, you know, they just have to all try to do their jobs a little bit better and, and, and hope that the end result is better. And, you know, it's really important that the offensive line plays better. We haven't talked about them at all. Or I haven't talked about them at all today. Uh, and, and uh, you know, no one else has got a chance if that isn't better. And if you don't come up with a better protection scheme than you did last week, even though, you know, you're, you're against a lesser front, obviously, than you were last week. Uh, you still need to be able to help people when they need help. Well, speaking of the O-line, maybe Olin, Olin is for you as well. And, Dan, do you see 
if it continues to struggle moving pieces around? You know, they've done it in the past. Is it getting to that point where you would like to see something like that happen? Olin, why don't you go first? Oh. <laughs> just, listen. Um, if I say something stupid, then I'm going to get killed. <laughs> I thought we were having a healthy conversation now. This is what we're collaborating. All, collaborating. This is how it's always all about. Look, uh, uh, here's the problem, Pat, with all that. And, and, and the more we talk about this, the more it starts to hit you that when you talk about the Bears' offense, it's been the same problem for years, and then it's whose fault is all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And what pieces do you move around, okay? Yeah. Because they're already on their fourth tackle, uh, left tackle. Um, I mean, I guess you got Elijah Wilkins. You can try him somewhere. Um, Alex Bars, you can try him somewhere. But they don't have a lot of resources on that offensive line, Dan. I mean, I, I don't know what you think about that, but uh, the fact that the O-line is still a problem, the fact that you have to put – the starting the the rookie quarterback on the bench because your team's not ready for them for him is a huge problem that the Bears have. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I don't I don't think there are a lot of pieces you could move that would be really beneficial at this point. Uh, you know, they're at a bare bones situation at the offensive tackle position. Um, you know, obviously um, they will have some some options. If and when Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins come back, that will, you know, that that will change things. Uh, but those are the two biggest problem areas right now. And and you know, there's there's not uh, a guy sitting on the bench there that you'd say, well, he could solve all our problems. So, uh, you know, unless unless they went out and you know, I think there's a guy in the street who could help him. I think you know, there, Russell Okung is sitting out there, but. Uh, I think he's asking for a lot of money, and Bears probably don't have the uh, the resources to appease him at this point. Dan, great stuff. Really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Okay, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. And uh, and we have a word here from Big Z that Justin Fields is uh, is wearing the brace on his right hand in warm-ups that he did during practice this week at Alex Hall. He was removed from the injury report, but apparently he still – uh, is indeed – oh, I'm sorry, he does not appear to be wearing it. Well, that's good. He's taking off his brace. Uh, we're going to bring in Mark Rohde. We'll get all the injury news. We'll get all the updates on who's available, all the uh, inactives. We'll do that next. It's uh, the pregame show, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley here on The Score. This week's practice compared to last week's practice, I felt, you know, just more comfortable at practice. Uh, kind of just getting that under my belt, you know, getting kind of past that. And, I mean, last week's performance, you really can't get, get wor- really worse than that. I mean, I hope not. But – um yeah, I mean, I, I felt, you know, comfortable this week, you know, uh, so, yeah. It is indeed the pregame show. The Bears and the Lions battling on the lakefront this afternoon, nooner. And uh, and you heard the voice there of Justin Fields. He's the starting quarterback, but... Um, but he is not supposed to be. I mean, he's QB2 because everyone knows that Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback. It's just a question of getting him up and running. And he kind of gimped his way through some practices this week, if that makes any sense. Looked like he was limping with his uh, his bone bruise in his left knee, but he has uh, been downgraded to, to um, doubtful, and they gave the Lions 18 hours of notice that it would indeed be Justin Fields, and you heard Fields right there we're we're going to connect with uh, Mark Rohde in just a second but um what uh what do you make of what Justin Fields had to say there um oh and you go ahead and take that one bud 
<laughs> I just drew a blank right there. Sorry. I was <laughs> waiting okay. for Grody. <laughs> you know, Molly, I, I, when, when you are watching the Bears all week and, and you're watching Coach Nagy's press conference, we talked about this earlier, and you're watching um, the decision not to announce your starting quarterback, you see Dalton um, – you see him limping. You know he's not ready. He's got that that sleeve on his leg. Uh, right. It, it's just Fields has got to be as confused as the rest of us as what's going on up there, right? And and anybody can feel when the offense has lost confidence, and it's got to be a hard situation for a guy who came from Ohio State, who played for Ryan Day, who had so much success through his whole career. Uh, and, you know, he's going through a lot of things right now, right? He's going through the fact that it's the first time ever – that I am not – that there is a defensive end that can run me down on a football field, that there is a defense that is fast. These windows are small, and now it feels like I don't have a lot of help coming from the scheme part of the team, and I have older guys. Like, you asked Dan about that. was a great question. You asked him, what about Jimmy Graham tweeting that out? Look, I understand that people get emotional, but, Jimmy, you're in your 12th year. You know what it takes to win. You know that that stuff you should not be doing. You should not be tweeting that stuff out. You know that that was stupid. Uh, that, to me, uh, you see uh, foes on the sideline saying this offense does not work. The offense yep. is not working. Uh, if you're Fields, man, right now, uh, you're not liking the direction that this thing is headed in. And, and, Pat, you know better than anybody, man, they need some success soon. Almost, not almost, I know we all are cheering for them today, for this young man to have a good game, for the offense to play well, for Coach Nagy and his staff to make adjustments and show us that you guys know what you're doing, that you know how to develop this young kid. And that's why we keep talking about, can they afford to put Fields on the bench? I know what's it's best for Fields. I have to know if Coach Nagy is my guy, Pat. Yeah, I, I agreed. I, I think, oh, real quick, Molly, I think the team, they're looking for an identity. The offense is looking for an identity. They want to know who the starting quarterback is. They want to know what the game plan is going to be Wednesday, and they can go forward and, and, and be who they are supposed to be. If it's Justin Fields, make him the starter and let them find their identity and put that offense and run with it. All right, we have Mark Grody. We, uh, we are going to talk to our guy right now. He joins us on the score hotline presented by Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Mark, good morning. What's the news? Good morning, gentlemen. And, yes, and Dalton, who great to doubtful yesterday. All right, hold on. We're going to clean up that line. Um, Andy Dalton, I'm guessing he's going to tell us is on the uh, inactive list mm-hmm. if he's doubtful, but we better get the uh, the precise word. Uh, from Mark Rohde. But, you know, I, I think what you said is really interesting there, uh, Olin. I, I, I agree with you. You can't be tweeting that out, especially not just as a team leader, but as a guy that is being rewarded as such, right? Mm-hmm. So, we, I mean, it's, we've, we've talked a lot about this whole thing with him. Um, I mean, there's, I just, there's really no excuse for it. And, yeah. and look, yep. listen, if I'm the general manager, uh, he's probably gone, right? Because, look, I need, I need to catch everybody's attention, Pat. I mm-hmm. need to get everybody's attention in that building and say the way the way things are, uh, uh, they're, they're not going to keep going in this direction. I had a coach tell me one time, uh, the standard is the standard. And once the standard slips, it's gone, right? So it's hard to get back. What they're talking about, Pat, what they're talking about doing in week four, it's hard to do, man. It's hard yeah. to go back and say, okay, now look, guys, 
I know we were practicing this way, but this is how we got to practice. Like, I know Jimmy Graham, is, Jimmy Graham is tweeting out that our offense sucks, but he's just emotional. No, man. No. Jimmy Graham is gone. He's gone. And this is going to get everybody's attention now. This is the way things are being done because the way we were doing them wasn't working. Yeah, and I, I'd be fine with him being gone. What, one catch, 11 yards? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're not playing right. him anyway. So mm-hmm. that's the perfect right. one to make an example of. Right. And then shake up Hallis Hall and say, listen, we got to write this ship. And that, that's, I'm with you on that, Olin. I'd be fine with that. I, I was frustrated watching that. I don't know. Let me know if Grody's ready, uh, uh, Molly. But, okay, sorry. He is ready. But, but get back to your frustration. Uh, we'll do that as soon as <laughs> <laughs> Because it's all about tell. us talking it out. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get back to Mark Grody. Mark. You were saying Andy Dalton, something happened to him. I don't know what. Yeah, yeah and, and Olin, thanks for making room for me. I do appreciate it. Let's try, let's, 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 Is this not the only crude show? The only crude show with Pat Manley doing commercials. That's what we got going on here. I'm your hype man. I'm your hype man, Olin. I'll talk fast. So we, we, know, that, we know that Justin Fields is the starting quarterback today. Nick Foles will back him up. And Andy Dalton is inactive. The other key inactive today, again, is Sean Gibson Sr. He is out today. And I will tell you this, watching uh, Justin Fields warm up today, it seemed like a lot of his focus was, and I think this will be heartening to you guys and probably to everybody listening, Justin Fields seemed to be doing a lot of rollout work and throwing against his body at times and just, just moving around in the pocket and throwing to his receivers in particular. He was focused on uh, Darnell Mooney a lot, at least in the, in the warm-ups today. So that's probably, probably a good thing in terms of adjustment number one for today's game against the Lions. Hey, Mark, let's talk about the defense real quick. Last week, you know, they, they played so many plays, whatever it was, 78 plays or whatever. What was the talk coming out about, you know, their performance? Were they tired? What, what were they saying? Yeah, I – it was a little bit of a, a rarity with, and, and specifically Jalen Johnson. I, I asked him about, and he mentioned it first. He said, look, I, I, we're happy with our performance, but we're not happy with the fact that in the last two games we've given up touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And my follow-up question to Jalen Johnson was, well, you guys were out there a heck of a lot. Were you guys a little bit gassed? Were you a little bit tired? And he, he admitted it. He said, yeah, we were. He said, look, that's no excuse. So we still got to – this is what we do for a living. But he admitted it that, yeah, they're, they're a little bit tired towards the end of games. I also thought Akeem Hicks was really interesting as well because he was asked a question about just in general how this has been, at least on Akeem Hicks's watch and his time as a Bear and for the last four years, let's just say the Matt Nagy era, this is what it has looked like as in the offense gives you a little, the defense gives you a lot, and he was asked, is this wearing on you, you know, having to pick up the O, the offense, and he paused, probably a good five-second pause, which is very alarming to media members, and then he just said no comment. So he was taking the high road on that, uh, so I thought that was interesting. I should also tell you that uh, as I'm standing here right now, one Eddie Goldman walking in front of me, he is active today. So it'll be great to see uh, number 91 playing for the first time since, what, late 2019. Eddie G is active today. Yeah, really, really excited to see Eddie Goldman out there going against Frank Ragnar. And just that, just that front being at full strength. 
Uh, you could do something for me, Grody. You could tell Jalen Johnson that they gave up more yards in the first half than they did in the second half, and that against the Rams they only played 50 plays, and it's only the third game of the year, so they might not want to be tired yet. And then you could tell Akeem Hicks for me if he wants to give some of the money on the D line to the O line, they might play a little better. But anyway, we'll move on from that. Okay. Okay. So, no, no, no. We'll, we'll, no, no. We'll just move on from all of that nonsense okay. about the defense being tired. Okay. You know. Uh, right. You know. You could tell them that in the second half of the Rams game, the Bears were on a 16-play, 10-minute drive immediately after that, the Rams scored. But anyway, we'll move on from all that nonsense. Um, uh, how excited are you, though, to see that front together, that front seven with Eddie Goldman in there, uh, Bilal Nichols, Akeem Hicks, Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, $300 million a contract, and they're shocked they're playing good on that side of the ball. How excited are you to see them play together? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, look, even though it was Cleveland that stole stole the quarterback sack headlines last week, the Bears had five of their own, and that was without Eddie Goldman. So it seems like it's been forever that we've seen, let's just narrow it down to Akeem Hicks and Eddie Goldman playing together because, of course, it was in London in 2019 when Akeem Hicks went down for the season. So it's like it's been that pairing that we've been waiting to see, and maybe that eliminates, beyond the pressure that they could put on, maybe that eliminates some of the, the explosive run plays. We haven't seen much of in the last two weeks. Well, I guess Kareem Hunt had his way with the defense last week, but maybe that kind of thing we won't see as much because I have been, since 2018, and I get that maybe the defense wasn't going to be at that level of elite you know, in the subsequent years, but what I have been surprised at since that year is the amount of explosive run plays that the defense has allowed. Hopefully, with everybody being intact and a good, deep roster on that defensive line, which I guess is the one part that Ryan Pace always does get right, it's going to be interesting to see. And, you know, we heard so much in this game, because you guys know the Lions are going to be bringing it against Justin Fields. I would look for the Bears to and Sean decide to maybe step it up in that regard as well. And, and going after a quarterback in Jared Goff, who the Bears have played relatively well against in, uh, in the Bears-Rams days. And we'll see if it, if it forwards over here to the Bears-Lions. Uh, Mark, you know, the O-line didn't play great last week. What came out of Hallis Hall this week about what were they saying about how they can regroup, how they can play better? I think the most interesting, I mean, for, for the most part, as, as Olin Cruz knows this, they, the offensive line takes the heat and they're like, All right, you know, we just got to play better. It's, like, it's me, it's me, it's me. But Jermaine Fetty did say something kind of interesting in a quick conversation I had. And, and I, I asked him, you know, were some of those sacks on Justin Fields? Because it was the offensive line and the coaching that got crushed for what happened last week. And what Afedi told me was, look, I can't speak to that. Uh, he said a guy like Justin Fields makes plays. He said not always on time, not always the design play. You just got to let him work. So my thought from that is, and I'd love you guys to fill in the blanks here for me if I'm wrong, but it's like the, the offensive line is also getting used to playing with Justin Fields and some of the ways that he plays. And Afedi even mentioned his days working with, with Russell Wilson in Seattle. So I think that there may have been an expectation in some regards from the offensive line last week that Justin Fields would do more with his legs and do more in terms of getting out of the pocket and escaping without the offensive line having to get extended. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Mark. Oh, Appreciate it, buddy. Have a Later, good boy. game.
Later, right. Mark. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Olin. I no, didn't no. interrupt you. No, I didn't have anything important at all. I, you know. <laughs> but I, I think that's – I think just address that quickly if you yeah. could, this idea that the offensive line apparently wasn't aware of the game plan either. That, that just seems insane that they thought he was going to be rolling out. It just makes no sense. Yeah, that that would um, make no sense if Jermaine Affetti did say that. I'm sure you go into the game, um, as Pat knows, that you have those plays in your playbook, right? Mm-hmm. They just just whether are they called or not. I'm sure they had boot rollouts. I don't know how much quarterback runs uh, Coach Nagy has in his offensive game plan. It's something I would like to see, Pat. I don't know about you, but I think that would put a tremendous amount of pressure on the defense. If you start designing runs for Justin Fields, by that I mean he's gonna you know, he's he's gonna be the guy running the ball. Montgomery Williams block everybody blocks, and now you have an extra guy out there uh, for the defensive for the defensive front. And I think that that is the the way that the Bears should go right now because the reason Justin Fields dropped in the draft, Pat, and like Molly brought up earlier, he does hold on to the ball in that pocket. Yeah, I think the easy answer is hopefully the the Bears offensive coaches watched some of Baltimore last week. With what they do with Lamar Jackson, I mean that's that's it's that simple. It was right in front of them last week. If they flip the film and watch that, yeah, maybe they need to call uh, future head coach Greg Roman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. All right, we're gonna get we're gonna get to a quick break. We'll be right back here on the pregame show, Chicago Sports Radio six seven. The score. We're back with more of the Bet Rivers Sportsbook pregame show on Sports Radio 670 The Score with Molly, Patrick Manley, and Olin Krutz. Brought to you by Bet Rivers Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. Download the Bet Rivers Sportsbook app today. Yes, indeed, it is the pregame show, and it should be a fun one today at Soldier Field. It better be. Uh, we've got Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley. It's presented by Bet Rivers, the official sportsbook of the Chicago Bears. And you can download the Bet Rivers app today. Um, Olin, I am sorry we interrupted your um, your complaint session with uh, by bringing in a Mark Rody. Go back to what frustrates you. I'm always curious. I, I I totally forget now, but I have so many things I'm frustrated about. I can just start off. I can pick up anywhere really, but uh, it just frustrates you. When, when the Bears' offense, right? It, it frustrates you when you hear the things they say about. Uh, well, we the, 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 we shouldn't play the rookie quarterback because he's not ready because the offensive line. Well, then in 2019, when you say you're going to fix the offensive line, what have you been doing, right? So that kind of frustrates you because now we can't take a look at a young quarter, a young rookie quarterback because of the team you have assembled, right? So it's it's almost like they're saying we can't play this young quarterback because we're bad at our jobs, which is strange to me. Mm-hmm. And then – what kind of what what else frustrates you is as as if you're the Bears brass or you're you're watching the Bears, it's I can't evaluate my coaching staff because they can't play the young quarterback because the offense they built's not ready for him. So I, I'm just when you talk about frustration, Pat, when you look in at the things they're saying and the reason why they don't play fields and the reason why um they don't they 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 they're worried about him or why people don't want to see him and you could ruin this young kid and the offensive line, well, who, would, who, could, who could be good in front of this offensive line or in back of this offensive line? And then how do I evaluate Matt Nagy? And, and then because they don't play him and Andy Dalton looks like Andy Dalton looks for the last mm-hmm. 11 years, then 
Coach Nagy and them are back next year again, developing a young quarterback with the same problems. Yeah, I, I, this just goes back to the collaboration during the offseason. I was one, I didn't think Ryan Pace deserved to come back after what happened with, with Mitch Trubisky, and you move up to get him. You're tied to him. You get rid of him, you should be gone. And Matt Nagy has not proved to us that he can, can run the offense to the level that was uh, expected when he got here. So this is just an issue that's, that goes back for years, and I don't understand how the McCaskies and Ted Phillips have kept these guys aboard. Um, today is going to be another huge game for them. You know, we've talked about it, that if they go out there and they perform like they did last week and they do it for the next couple weeks, there needs to be some cleaning of house. This is just unacceptable um, and, and needs to change. But uh, you're right. They've put the wrong pieces together to build a team. So that goes to Ryan Pace. Then you've got a, uh, a offensive coordinator who can't score points. So it's, 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 it starts at the top. And I just think last offseason, there should have been a ma- uh, move made on both ends from head coach and, and uh, GM. I think it's important not to forget that Ryan Pace is the guy that put this roster together. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I think that the offensive line stuff, we talked about the fact that they are the fourth lowest paid offensive line in the NFL. And the reality is they're really kind of the third lowest paid because one of the teams below them is Green Bay. And that's because I guess Bakhtiari's contract doesn't account because he's not on the active roster, he's on injured reserve. So that will change the minute that he is active again. Um, I, I, I just look at, at where they're at, and I don't know. The Bears, we know, have never fired a head coach in season. It's never happened in the history of the franchise, including the Tressman era. But the fact of the matter is, George Hallis was the head coach for many years. The owner is not going to fire himself. Um, I would imagine at some point, there is always a precedent set. So the idea that there, that no one up at Hallis Hall is noticing what's happening, that's absurd. They mm-hmm. must be aware of not only how things have gone, but how they're perceived. There were a ton of national guys jumping all over the bear. I, you know, I don't know if it was a slow news week, but all week I saw all these national shows killing the Bears. It was like it was easy pickings. Yeah, it's, it's just – when you're watching it uh, from the side and, and you're listening to the things they're saying from, you know, the end of 2018 to 2019, and you're, what they're saying is correct. They needed to fix the offensive line. Um, then they tell you that, you know, and, and this is no knock on Juan Castillo, a really good football coach, but um, all of a sudden he's the best developer of talent uh, in the NFL from Ryan Pace. And, you know, the, the – the smart question asked after that is, well, who's number two, Ryan, since you're tracking all that stuff, right? <laughs> who's, the, who's the second guy? Who's, you know, so basically the best developer of talent in the NFL was an analyst at University of Michigan, and the thing just doesn't add up. And look, more than anything, we want to see them turn this around today. Want to see Coach Nagy uh, uh, stop being so stubborn, uh, get this kid, this offense line in positions where they can succeed. We know their limitations, Pat. We know what they are. I just wonder if they know what they are, if they know what to do to give this team some success. I mean, is that a Juan Castillo question, though? Shouldn't he be able to go to Matt Nagy and say, like, listen, we've got a problem here at tackle. We've got a, we've got a matchup problem this week. Can you please not call a five-man protection? We have to do this this week. Shouldn't that be taken care of on Monday and Tuesday when they're game planning? And is that, or is that just Matt Nagy saying, no, we're running it my way. You got to develop the talent because you're the best in the league. I just don't understand how 
when you know there is a lack of talent, you know there is a weakness, how you are not scheming to help that up. That's a that's a lack of coaching, and that's poor coaching. Yeah, and, and Miles Garrett is extremely good, right? And yes. so does David Clowney, and so is Tack McKinley. So uh, you knew going into that game that if you left those guys one-on-one, and look, let's be fair, they put Miles Garrett over what I consider to be their best one-on-one blocker in James Daniels, and he beat him too. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I see that as a coach, I think to myself, man, uh, I am in a mismatch situation, and then you're looking for screens, you're looking for draws, you're looking for something to slow this pass rush down, especially on the road where, where the noise at the – anyway, uh, we're beating this to death because last week was 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 almost – you couldn't believe it. Like, I couldn't even yeah. get the word out. You just couldn't yeah. believe yeah. what was happening on the field and that they kept going back to the same thing. And I think you saw that, Molly – you, I mean, you covered it all week. I think you saw that from the press conferences. Oh, it was just, it was absolutely mind-boggling. Listen, we got to get to Jimbo Covert, mm. but we should, we should, when we come back after Jimbo, just rattle off some of the bare statistics in the NFL because they're dead last in like every important offensive category. Mm. But we've got the Hall of Famer next. We're going to catch up with Jimbo Covert. You're listening to the pregame show. It's Patrick Manley. It's Olin Cruz. It's Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.